Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like this show, if you like what you're hearing, give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can read it at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, it's only been a week since we put out a show, and that was, of course, our interview with Tony Cummings from the Colorado Commission. But we did that interview ahead of time. You and I haven't sat in the chairs and talked to each other for the show in almost two weeks. We've been off. It's uh, how, how was your little, I guess we could call it a vacation, right? Oh, I mean, I had some luck. I managed to get a PS5. Oh, yes, of course you did. I, I'm, I'm excited for you. I don't it's, have uh, it It's yet. stranded somewhere, right? It's, it's Someone's using it to float around during the, the Yes, here. exactly. And they, they teased me. They, they delivered the headset portion of the bundle ahead of time well that's great i mean it you could use that for this show maybe yeah maybe <laughs> when's that coming is that because that coming tomorrow hopefully tomorrow it's here i don't know with the hurricane Henri or henry however you say it threw a wrench and everything i believe it's heen rye heen rye yeah no no that's wrong so dan obviously we're back in here I, you know i think we can move on from you know past business we, we'll talk about just most recent past business which is of course the show on Saturday from the UFC Apex, UFC Vegas 34. We're up to 34 events at UFC Apex that are not pay-per-views uh, over the last year plus. It's uh, I like it, and I want to go. I, I like that small crowd feel. I want to be in it. No, I think it's terrific. I just I think it's funny that we're we're talking about UFC Vegas 34, and that's not the that is not the UFC's name for this. This is just the I guess it kind of is because they they put the hashtags out there. That's Wait, this, this is, is the what they want they to use. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only way to differentiate from all the other UFC. I, I think shows. the official, the other thirty three of them. The official night is like UFC Fight Night Cannoneer versus Gastelum. That's true. They don't even do the the. It's it's not like UFC Fight Night two twenty four or whatever the heck. That's something that you know people make up and everything. Uh, honestly, it, it's it's just it's UFC Fight Night. Like when I write a story about this stuff, I don't call it UFC Fight Night Cannoneer versus Gers. I, I usually just call it UFC Fight Night. Headlined by these guys, you know. Yeah, it's just that's what it is, you know. Yep. It, no one, nobody, nobody, including Dana White or anybody else, is going to use that full name when they speak. So no, I don't, I don't yeah. Mind. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, what did you, first off before we even dive into anything that actually happened, I just want to know, generally speaking, did you enjoy the show? I thought it was a good one. I thought there were some good fights. I thought it was really awesome early, and then it was really meh the rest of the way. Meh. Most. I of mean, the rest okay, of the way. I, I give a. There was a couple fights. It was unbalanced. Were, it, it started off so high that it's hard to keep that pace. Yeah. So I'll give you that. But I mean, honestly, you know, I wasn't I wasn't as riveted by the the main event. I mean, it was a fine fight. You know, it just it was I guess it was sort of competitive, but also I don't know. It, I thought it, just it was quite kind of like I thought it was pretty competitive. It's, I'm not saying it wasn't competitive. It's just I don't know. It felt it felt like Cannoneer was winning the fight the whole time. You know, even obviously won two rounds. Uh, I actually scored the fifth round for Cannoneer. You know, I accept that I'm not correct there. All three judges went the other way. Um, and and so as if someone on Twitter always points out, good thing you're not a judge. I'm like, well, well yeah, you know what? Fine. Even if all three saw it, doesn't mean that there's no argument to be made the other way. Sure, no, and so, that's true, because I'm sure a judge could sit there reasonably and come up with that, but 
I'm not going to sit here and try to argue my case for it. I, you know, I kind of just accept, all right, I probably wasn't right there. You know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, because as this, you know, so-and-so pointed out, I am not a judge. Good thing. Good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, as far as Cannon here, because obviously he got the win. It was 48-47. Nobody thought that he won. Uh, I think you could probably make a case, you know, maybe he won three rounds Gastelum, but I think it's kind of a weaker case. Ultimately, you know, all three judges had all five rounds exactly the same. So, you know, I think we can just defer to that. How close do you think Jared Cannonier is to a title shot after this win? I'd say one more win. I really, I, I wouldn't have a problem. Say Whitaker decides he's not ready for this fight. I, sure. have, I haven't seen anything official yet for Adesanya and, and Whitaker. So I don't, and for some reason, if that fight doesn't come, and they gave it to Cannonier. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But I think he's one away. Yeah, I say one away. And and with two weeks, you got Till versus Brunson. I think it makes sense to make it the winner of that fight. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. So what That'd about you? Me. What's that? Do you think he's ready? Or how far No, away? well, I mean, do I think he's ready? Like, if you put him in the cage and he's going to win against Adesanya? No. But I also so, wouldn't think that if he wins a few more fights. So that, that, that's not I really agree. what it is. I agree. I, I, think, I think he can win on any given night because he's got power. I just don't think yeah. he's going to. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, th- th- you could say the same thing about Paul Acosta, and then obviously we saw yeah. him win. But I also felt pretty good about Adesanya coming to that one, too. But as far as how close Cannonier is to the title shot, I agree, probably one away. But realistically, if they, for some reason, <laughs> did some UFC stuff and said, well, this guy's not ready when we want him, so we're just going to put him in, you know, go to the next guy, then if he's the next guy, it's not the worst, but also it really should be. Robert Whitaker. So it should be Whitaker, but I mean, it's also on Whitaker to take the fight. If it's for, it is. for I mean, some he reason, he, fight. yeah, well, if he wants it, but sometimes he's not. What happened last time? He said no, right? I believe last time he, when he, when I spoke to him, he told me that they asked him like immediately after his most recent win. And he's like, I haven't seen my family. I want to go home. Like, I'm not, I can't agree to that right now. Mm. Mm. And look, I mean, some people can say yes, but like, He's also in a country that has different rules for COVID and stuff like that. It's 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 a difficult thing. It's not easy right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess that's fair. He's he's very much a family guy. All right, is what it is. Um, but yeah, I I would say yeah. That, like I like your idea, Cannoneer against the winner of uh, of Brunson and and Darren Till. I wonder who would win that one. Actually, I'm kind of curious. Well, we'll we'll talk about that when it gets closer. Of course. Yep. What about Gastel? I mean, what? What is his role in the middleweight division now? What is what is his purpose? I guess <laughs> you know, his purpose is a fighter, and he's he's an entertaining fighter on the whole. But you know what 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 are we tuning in to watch Kelvin Gastelum for? Are we tuning him because he might eventually get back to that second fight against Adesanya, or is he just kind of like a guy? I think to use a video game analogy, he's uh, that pesky uh, mid boss of a okay. game. This guy that's gonna give you a tough battle. He's tough to put away extremely hard to finish and he can he can beat anybody on any given night he gave Adesanya a hell of a run for his money did so I, I think he's just going to be that guy that you you got to get through if you want to get to the title shot he's going to be the guy you got to get through and you would prefer it be a three-round fight versus him as opposed to a five-rounder you were describing the word that we typically use in this sport uh and you've danced around but I'm going to point it out gatekeeper gatekeeper but a tougher gatekeeper Sure. I mean, look, a gatekeeper can be derogatory and derisive. And, and if a fighter doesn't like to be referred to as a gatekeeper, I understand why, because there are connotations to it. But I don't mean it in the sense as like, you're stuck here. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do. You just you kind of mind the gate to, to, to the top there. It really is the fact that, like you're saying, he is a stiff test. He can beat anybody. So you better beat him if you want to go forward. Right. But also, 
He's failed a lot of tests recently, so he's failed, but he's still he's in every fight. No, no, for no, the most part. I, I mean, I, he's yeah. never been knocked out, and he's only been subbed. I mean, he's been subbed. That was kind of crazy that Hermanson was able to hit him with that heel hook. That Hermanson was wild. Is awesome. I I, so, I love watching Hermanson. Yeah, that that was crazy. But yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I completely agree in that sense, but also he has still failed those tests. Yeah, so he, what I that mean, means is, you know, is he getting better as a fighter? I don't see dramatic improvement in his game in any way that suggests that he's going to find a way to string together the wins that are needed for him to get further in this division. I just, you know, maybe he'll make a, a maybe he'll get a win here and there over a tough guy. But yeah, I mean, he to me, he really is just kind of like that lower top 15, maybe top 10 middleweight that is very tough, very respectable. Again, not meant to be derogatory, because if you're still one of the 10 or 15 best middleweights on the planet, that's pretty damn good but i think that's just what he is i think that's that's where he is and probably hang around that area yeah all right i'm we're on on the same page all right all right so we don't have to fight each other because we were about to fight no obviously you and i were about to come to blows of course even though you're at your place uh yeah trying yeah trying to swim out of the moat that's uh formed around your town right it yeah except there's no there's no flooding in my town it's all the surrounding towns oh it's the surrounding towns so okay i get you we're on our island and like Mm my ps5 is being shipped to the warehouse that's outside of my island we should put the drawbridge which has down, held it, let them through uh, it, it's held it up but whatever first <laughs> first world problems let's yeah see. for real i mean seriously you know how many people are listening to this and and they're trying to get the playstation i mean uh, it's got to be a good yeah. two maybe exactly three people. yeah um <laughs> uh, great night for the judges though uh, at this card like i mean you know whatever i want to say as far as how entertained i was by parts of this card the judges were on point they were on the same page with a lot of these fights there were four full fights including the five round main event where all three judges agreed on every round that's a great night yeah they did they did, had a good night of judging as i understand it the commission was even pretty happy about this so they should, be. They should be they should be yeah all, all, all the judges i would say overall should pat themselves on the back i don't think well, I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn, but before we get into this, I don't think that there are any rounds that particularly made anybody too mad in, in a way that they ought to be mad about, right? Well, actually, oh, that they ought to be mad about? That they ought to be mad oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when, when we get into our contested rounds, I, I want to, I'll, I'll preface in the beginning. Of, sure, of, of sure. Uh, yeah, fight. and I'm I'm talking more, you know, we, we don't have a J.J. Ferraro situation. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, you don't want a JJ Ferraro. That's that's not the way to go. Yeah, come on. Um, also, shout out before we even move on to contested rounds. I want to give a shout out to John Anik because he was on point with a lot of things relating to educating uh, with the judging and that kind of thing throughout this event. And I think more than usual, there's always more that I think the commentary team can do. I think. But John is an ally when it comes to spreading that information. And I, you know, again, he could probably do more, but I think he did some really good stuff this weekend. I think John was like, you know, like there's a fight in particular. There's one portion that I loved about it. And Felder goes, so and so fighter is winning, but the numbers suggest other ways. And John Annex says, throw them out. The judges don't have them. <laughs> yes. And they're unofficial anyway. I believe that was uh, Kakramanov and Jones. Is that right? Okay, Does that I, sound right to you? Uh, possibly. I don't remember exactly which fight it was, but I, I yeah, was I'm like, trying to oh, remember too. But that's yeah. awesome. And then he goes. I think even even DC was like, "Yeah, you can't look at those." And then he goes, "But for those who want them, here they are." Well, sure. I mean, like, look. I wonder if they're going to okay. start hold back on them. 
I don't think that's a problem to provide them. I mean, the the broadcast is meant to entertain and enhance the you know the pop you know the, the people listening. I have no problem with them providing those strikes if you provide the right context. And John Anik provided the right context before he said, "Here's the strike tool." No problem after that. I have no problem. I mean, he just he's like, already told you how to treat them. Yeah, they're, you they're treat s- them differently than you're not listening. Yeah, don't even bother looking at them is what he said. So why should we even bother making them? Don't bother looking at them when you're trying to score the round. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Right. If you just want to know, hey, who's landed more punches because you're curious, that's fine. If you're if you're just sitting at home and you're not trying to score the fight and you just want to know that, that's fine. Well, yeah. You should be allowed to, to watch the fights that way. I have no problem with it. All right. But again, he put the context in, and I think that's real important. So shout out to John Anik, a former guest on our show, of course. Good job, John. So let's move on to contested rounds, Dan. We, you know, like I said, we don't have anything, you know, earth shattering. I don't think any judges uh, need need to get a scolding from the couch side judges, you know, who of course are, are the big authority yes. uh, in mixed <laughs> martial arts judging. Just kidding, guys <laughs> and women. <laughs> yeah. So our first fight, uh, you know, before actually, I want to ask you, Dan, before we get into this first fight, what's your middle name? Yeah, my middle name is Richard. Okay. All right, so I'm going to call you, uh, for this segment, I'm going to call you uh, R. Urban, because that is how DC likes to refer to Mark O'Madson. He just calls him O'Madson. <laughs> so you're R. Urban for this one. Okay. Enjoy that. Right. Uh, <laughs> Mark O'Madson, uh, the, the Irishman that he is, apparently, <laughs> got the split decision win over Clay Guida. We had three different scores, which meant two different uh, rounds being split here. 30-27 and 29-28 for Madsen and a 29-28 for Guida. Round two and three are our split rounds. Our judges for this one are Mike Bell, Eric Lone, and Sal D'Amato. And round two, Dan, what happens? All right, let me let me start with this. I, I, saw, I didn't see this live, but I saw on Twitter, Alan Gilban tweeted out, I don't know how there was a 30-27 for Madsen when Guida had such a huge round in round two. And now I went into round two hoping that Madsen just wiped the floor with him. <laughs> I was like, I went into defense mode of the judges and I said, oh, we, we got to, let's hope. I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping Madsen wiped the floor with him. But uh, unfortunately he didn't. Uh, and I scored at 10-9 Guida. I do not think it was a huge round for him. I think that that is crazy hyperbole uh, okay. to describe the round. I thought Guida's leg kicks were much better. I think that was the difference in the round. The strikes were pretty even on the feet. Edge to Guida because he seemed to have a couple good combos that were strong. But Matson also landed his own leg kicks. And if you see the impact greater, I'm not really going to fight it. But I feel pretty confident scoring this one for Guida. Very close round. Uh, honestly, I think you can reasonably score the round one way or the other, depending on how you viewed certain strikes to be. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I did. See this one the way you did uh, for Guida, but so close. Mm-hmm. It, again, I, I just, how are you going to get mad over this? Like Alan Joban, come on, dude. Right. It's it's that 30-27 that, that just irks people. I, I know. I, it's the difference in the score, really. What people seem to think when they see 30-27, and I don't know, I can't necessarily say that this is how Alan Joban uh, treats it because he does seem to be pointing particularly to a round here. But there are a lot of people who look at 30-27 and just say, well, how could it possibly be a shutout? How could they have dominated yeah. the fight? It's like, well, you can win a fight. You can win a round by like, let's say 51 to 49%. Just as, imagine the round as a percentage in like a judge's head, right? Mm-hmm. You can win each round 51 to 49. And, it counts and you can win 30-27. Now that's a super, super close fight. But it's also a 30-27 because that's just how 10-9 
rounds work and most of them are 10 nines it, you know we call it a 10 point must system it's really like a 10 nine system i mean you can less, also win 70 30 and you only get a 30 27 that's what that's true yeah or, or even more it, it, even more yeah 80 20 yeah. it maybe more yeah you just don't get a whole lot of uh actually we didn't have any 10 eights on this entire card believe it or not i don't think anything came close really either well part of it was a lot of the fights just kind of they had finishes yeah you know? Yeah, there were some rounds that were kind of lopsided, and they just they didn't make Ended it. Out. it. That's, yeah, that's how it worked. Yeah, because um, we did have some good finishes in this in this uh, fight here. But yeah, I saw I saw Figueroa. I have no problem with going the other way. Um, but you and I saw it the same way as Sal D'Amato. It was uh, Mike Bell and Eric Cologne who had this one for Madsen. So not crazy for them to go that way. But we did side with the out judge here. So Dan, what does that what does that mean? Oh, we got a couch out override. <laughs> that is the sound of There's a couch side override. And round three of this fight was also split. Uh, was Joe Ban mad about this one too, or no? He didn't. No, he was just. It would. He only mentioned round two. Okay. But so what's 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 going on in this round? Round three uh, seemed pretty clear to me. I I didn't think Guido was finding as much success with his hands in this round as he did in round two. And he he stopped with the leg kicks. He landed. He threw some, but he just eventually like. He, not eventually. He he just threw less of them. I think he threw three or four. Whereas in the previous round, he threw a bunch more. Madsen keeps pumping the jab in his face, landed some straights behind him, getting solid reactions. You know, snapping the head back. He answered the few kicks lead Guida did land with his own leg kicks. I think this round is is clear uh, for Madsen. Then round two being clear for Guida. So I that comes comes back saying you know Guida didn't have that great of a round two. I don't think this round was. To, I, I wouldn't even call it close but clear. I thought this was a pretty close round. I thought it was. Pretty, I really did. I thought it was clear. I didn't. I disagree, didn't, sir. I did. I, I I saw a round that again was still pretty competitive. I don't think anybody was landing anything like fight changing here. You know, I think there was a good amount of balance on each side. I think we're getting some good offense from each man. Um, no, I I didn't have a big issue with this one being a split round. I really didn't. Oh, I don't. I don't mind it being split. I'm not saying it's not competitive. I'm just saying. Why are you attacking the judges? I think it's. I thought it was. An easier round to score than round two. I mean, I, I guess is it an easy if if that's like, how you're framing and it? And I, I um, would say I and I lead Madsen. I mean, I don't really think Guida had all that great of offense. It, it's he had the same round as round two, just less of it. So if you're framing it as whether it's an easier round to score than round two, like which which one is a little bit easier to pick pick the winner? I guess I would probably say round three. I had a little bit easier time to pick Madsen over Guida than I did pick Guida over Madsen in round two. But again, I still thought they were very close. I I don't. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is there's no big issue. I got no uh, issue with if, it. No. If Bell and Damato went for Guida as they did, uh, and Eric Cologne being the out judge here for Madsen, I did see it for Madsen just as you did. Um, and, and again, as as Cologne did. So again, what does that mean if we we sided with the minority here? We're gonna get another couch side override. Bam. There's one for South Jersey. <laughs> Two couch side overrides, sir. Can we keep up this pace? We're going to try. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but the, the funny thing is, you and I saw the fight the exact same way. We had the, all the rounds the same way. Yep. As far as our final score, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in each round by round. Yep. Which meant we had 29-28 for Madsen. None of the judges, no judge had our exact scorecard as far as rounds and rounds. What? Because we saw each one uh, uh, the way, same way as the out judge. And there was no single out judge. We had two different out judges. Um. But oddly enough, we ended up on the same page. That's what's kind of funny about this. And we still had the same winner. Same winner. Wild. So many permutations of this 10-point must system. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm. All right, let's move on. That This was the only split decision of the night. 
I don't think we really had any rounds the rest of the way that made any sort of impact on the actual outcome of fights, right? So let's let's lead with kind of the, the, the latter part of our rounds here. And I don't think we have to dive deep into too many of these right then. I guess. Now, maybe this one a little bit. If you have one you one, want to talk about, sure. I mean, this maybe one's this pretty one, interesting. Alexander uh, Alessandra Pantoja, yeah. who got the round two submission victory by rear naked choke over Brandon Royval. In a fight you and I were looking forward to, the, the people's yes. main event, right? Yes, this was a this was a fun fight for how long it was. a fun long fight. Was. I mean, it was yeah. the writing was on the wall. This was going to be a fun fight. Yeah. But round one, we had a split before the definitive uh, finish in round two. Two judges, Eric Cologne once again and Dave Torelli, the Jersey Connection, had this for Pantoja. Sal D'Amato had it for Royval. What'd you say? Uh, great, fun round. I ultimately scored it 10-9 Royval. I think the first three and a half minutes when it's all ground, I think Royville wins that. Pantoja has the back, never gets the hooks in, and he's really just fighting for position. He never's attacking any subs or anything with it. Royville eventually rolls, and he starts attacking a leg lock. He's threatening it. He's punching, elbowing Pantoja. Pantoja's pretty much on defense here. When he is on offense, it's just position control. So I think Royville wins that entire grappling exchange. When they get on the feet, Royville lands a body shot, and Pantoja just falls down to his to his butt. I'm like, that hurt him. Uh, Royville grabs his back for a split second instead of continue to punch. I think if he continued to punch, he'd have been in a much much better uh, situation. But he whatever. Pantoja gets back up to the feet, and you know, in that final minute or so, probably 40 seconds, I think Pantoja probably wins the striking battle there. He landed some good shots, but I think on the whole, Royville takes it. Well spelled out, sir. That was that was quite an explanation. I was I was into this fight. I'm gonna obviously, yeah. <laughs> I tip my hat to you, sir. Because uh, you you had to watch you had to catch up with this all later too. Why? Because you were watching uh, a great heavyweight champion return to the WWE. <laughs> watching fake fighting over real fighting. <laughs> it's SummerSlam. There's four majors oh, a year. I know, I They're know. actually turning money into a bank to, into the fifth major. It's kind of crazy. Know what that is. Uh, well, don't worry, but it's actually fun, but we won't get into that. All right, that's fine. Well, how'd yeah, you see this round? I haven't watched pro wrestling in 20 years. You've been watching it all year. What have I been watching? Oh, uh, the stuff Pro wrestling already... from 20 years ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. It's, it doesn't matter. I'm recycling. Okay, it's, it's fair. I'm not learning anything new. Yeah. I saw CM Punk showed up in uh That AEW. was awesome. That was cool. Yeah. So uh, all of the, all the former WWF guys who went to uh, uh, WWE went to UFC have now gone back to pro wrestling. It was a big week for that. Yeah, Brock's got a Bobby cool Lashley, haircut. right? He, he was a Bell, former Bellator Strike Force guy. He's he isn't he the champion of of uh, I don't know which which one of the I Brock, don't know uh, which is one it, it is. Or... Yeah, he fought Goldberg. I don't who know. Has I know there's several MMA. Now. Anyway, he's got one right. Goldberg's the whole reason for that KJ Noons Diaz brothers spat. He took he took sides immediately. Don't be scared, homie. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So I don't. That's like right. Goldberg. Goldberg got it big in MMA. I'm not into Goldberg. Anyway, how did you see this round? Oh, who's next? No, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> I I had this one for Pantoja actually. Okay. Yeah. When I first watched it, I thought it was actually pretty clear for Pantoja, and then I had a conversation about this one with a judge, and I said, you know what? I gotta watch this again. Okay. I really do, and um. And I would anyway, because it was split like that. And, uh, you know, I watched it again, especially if, if I think it's clear and then it's split. I'm like, I have to watch this again. Mm -hmm. I have to figure out why maybe I'm misinterpreting something. So okay. I go back. I watch this round right before we get on here, actually. And it was definitely a lot closer than I remembered it. But I did still see this one for Pantoja. I think 
I think, yeah, Royville is definitely the closer to kind of ending the fight there. He's got the better effective grappling mm-hmm. during the grappling exchange, but I did think it was not crazy. I don't think he's that close with any of these uh, leg locks that he's chasing. So it's I- just, it's good. It's good danger. It's, you know, there, there's, there's something there. There's, there's effectiveness, you know, but I did think that the striking on the feet went to Pantoja and I thought it was, it was enough to overtake okay. Royville, but yeah, having watched it again, much closer, totally understand why uh, Sal D'Amato went that way for Royville and why you did as well. So we're, we're you and I disagree here, but I get it. Totally. I, I think a big reason is that body shot. I don't think the commentators didn't even mention that body shot. I looked like to me, it looked like Pantoja just crumbled and he fell down. It was like, oh, that hurt me. I didn't think see, it hurt him that bad. See, yeah, because I he it felt like he got hit with it and he, oh my god, I got to sit down. Maybe that's I need to watch it, this fight seven more times. That, that's what it felt like. I, I think that's really the biggest turning point in my okay. in my thing. And I also and I and I thought even though they weren't close subs, if you don't defend it, you lose your leg. So that's what you, that's where you're saying it's effectiveness. Whereas Pantoja, that's and I, I it's agree. just it's just position really that he's he's getting and he's not really locking in the position because it's it's a it's a nonstop scramble for for the most absolutely. part. Absolutely, no, well said. That that is absolutely true. Um, but again, I I just because. You know, we're not in, in a lot of, I mean, mm-hmm. he's in a dangerous position, but he's in a dangerous position in the same way. Maybe not the same way, but let's say similarly to facing a really bad barrage of punches that you're blocking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and, like, and like you said, I, I do think Pantoja probably won that striking at the end minus the body shot. Yeah, Royville got hit with some good ones, and I don't even love so. that analogy I made. I don't. I'm not married to that one, so I I still think <laughs> there's probably more danger from the the submission attempt than there is from a bunch of punches you're blocking. There's that. Yeah, you're blocking them. They're not effective. Right. Um. So I mean, not the greatest analogy, but <laughs> at any rate, you and I are split. No. Uh, no couch side override here. Sorry, Dan. I wasn't with you. Uh, but much closer than I thought when I watched it live. And I think there were a lot of people who, when I, because I, I like to share the scorecards, make sure people get to see how the judges are seeing them. And and usually that does end up leading to a bunch of people just being like, oh, Sal D'Amato's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> or typical Sal D'Amato. Why is he on this card? It's like, well, he's on every card. Um, <laughs> get used to it. He's he's pretty damn good at the job. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah, I, I, I understand why it would go this way. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably the last round that we had too much of a strong opinion on, right? Yeah, I would say so. So, yeah, I think probably just we can run through these last three rounds here. Uh, Saeed Yokub, Kakramanov. I don't know if I nailed that one or not. Probably not as good as John Anik, but I did my best. Uh, he got the win. Round three, technical submission over Trevin Jones. Guillotine choke. Round two is our split round here. And before we get into this, we have to talk about round one. Because okay. that was a round that was a lot of... Cage clinching. Uh, yes. Like I, the bulk of the round with Jones clinching Kakramanov up against the fence after he'd been, you know, there were there were a couple of sub attempts in there. Yes. I mean, he had a really strong guillotine in round one. Yes. Absolutely. Really strong. And I don't think any reasonable people who understand the rules of the sport and the way we're looking for it actually thought that Trevin Jones won the round because he was clinching against the cage and throwing almost no punches of any sort of fight finishing uh, ability to them. And yet, after my score showed up for round one, and my little explanation <laughs> showed up on the broadcast, uh, along with Ryan Frederick, who often uh, scores the fights as well. DC comments on not me specifically, or not Ryan specifically, but just the fact that he saw a couple scorecards come up there for Kakramanov. He doesn't understand because Kakramanov doesn't want to be there clinched up against the fence. I, yeah, I... but he's not in any danger. This is a fight. 
Right. I I think there is something to be said for forcing an opponent to fight where you want them to fight. But, okay. But once you get, you have to do something. You got them where you want them. Well, do something with it. That's where effective so... striking and grappling come into it. The effectiveness isn't in neutralization. The effectiveness is in your ability to then finish the fight right. because See, of the actions that are taking place. Trevin Jones did absolutely nothing in the first round remotely resembling a way to finish that fight. No, I, I, I totally In any agree. sort of meaningful like time frame. I mean, possibly Takramanov would have fallen asleep if he did this for like 9 to 12 hours more. He might have just gotten so tired he's <laughs> like, I gotta take a nap. But realistically, nothing's happening. See well, in this position. This is where I think the disconnect with DC because he was getting he was getting okay. He was he was kind of learning for a bit. Oh, he's he's falling off the wagon. Yes, he has. But I think this is where he has a misunderstanding of what effective is because you can argue yeah. you you can say hey, well it's effective because he's executing his game plan. He's holding him against the cage like he wants him to. That's a I mean technically that's effective, but it's not effective in the terms of the criteria. And I think that probably needs to be explained better to him. How much needs to be explained to him? It's three pages. <laughs> DC, it's a three-page PDF. I, Just read the thing. It is. It's it not is. hard. I mean, it is three pages of, of some convoluted uh, language. I mean, I, or, I, it can be written a lot better. That's fine. But also, and, and I'll give a shout-out to I don't want to defend here. him, but I, I just want to say. Sean does really good videos that explain this yes. stuff well for people who just don't want to read three pages, which is absurd because it's three pages. But also, you can just watch it. He actually does a very good job explaining both the criteria in general, how it's interpreted, and how the 10 eights are supposed to be scored. He's got a couple of videos out there, and I, I do recommend them to anybody. Realistically, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know about them. But if you're new, if you're new to our show, I really hope you seek them out. I'll, get, I'll give Sean a shout out. Severe MMA. They, they do a really good job. Yeah, go watch. So he has two videos, actually, how a 10 eight is scored and how the criteria is, is supposed to be. That's what I said, learned, dude. So, so I want to go watch him. Definitely. Um, but yeah, enough of that. Round two is actually the round here, which we don't have much to say uh, about. That was a little tangent, but I, I, was, I think it was important to be said here, especially because I was like semi-involved. Uh, <laughs> and I said, DC, come at me. Uh, <laughs> he didn't come at me, but you know, and, and I really wouldn't want him to physically come at me because I would lose very badly. Uh, but I would be round two. We're, we're split here. Kakramanov and Jones. There's a little bit closer round here going on uh what did you see i thought well i'm gonna put it this i thought it was clearly one on the feet for kakramanov i thought there's no way anyone can argue that kakramanov did not win this fight or win this round on the feet and then it went to the ground and on the ground joan closes that gap and he closes it pretty close landing good shots from the mount landing punches i just don't think it surpassed what kakramanov did on the feet i thought he stumbled jones and i thought jones was pretty wobbled but i can totally see the argument for jones i mean based on the end of the on the end of the round good grappling move to mount good strikes i i struggled with this one i did land on jones for this one i landed the same way as mike bell who's the out judge uh eric cologne who's at the the heart of every one of these rounds apparently uh and rick winter busy busy night for eric to be on these rounds right um yeah i saw it the same way as mike bell i did think he kind of you know stole the round i guess you could say later on because of that the actions there but man it was it was a hard choice for me maybe i was swayed by the late takedown you know because the late takedown you got to score it like 10 times more than anything else you know that yes it's in the criteria yeah i I mean i could that's what dom says dominic cruz says this all the time and you gotta listen to him because he knows his stuff yes no he doesn't (laughs) i mean if he got if he got on the ground and he moved quicker to mount 
he I mean he hung out in half guard for a little while, not really doing much. And then once he got the mount, he started landing some good ones. I think if he was there longer, I could probably get to Jones. That's fair. I don't I don't feel too strongly either way because again I, I kind of I struggled with this one, but I did land on Jones. You landed on Kakramanov. We're split here. It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Kakramanov got the uh, the finish in round three, like we said. That was a good finish. Good, good, uh, good, impressive uh, introduction for uh, Kakramanov here. Yep. Moving on to uh, quite possibly one of the best knockouts of the year. Uh, and anytime you get a, a, a spinning-ish knockout, it's always very, uh, very cool. So that, that came from uh, Ignacio Bahamondes. Got the round three with like, what, six seconds left? He just he just threw it out yeah, there it was, near the end it was a buzzer uh, over Roosevelt Roberts. Yeah, he just drilled him. Amazing. Uh, you know, he definitely went for the finish. That was a good fight for him anyway. He was going to win the win it on the cards yeah. regardless. But round one was split. Two out of the three judges, Saldamato and Junichiro Camillo, seeing it for Bahamundes and Dave Torelli seeing it for Roberts. Uh, no Eric Cologne on this one, but still Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what what happened in this round? Yeah, I thought it was decently clear for Bahamondas. Okay. Uh, I thought his strikes definitely were more impactful. Really strong leg kicks. One even knocked Roberts down. Punches are snapping the head back. It was competitive. I'm not going to say it wasn't competitive. I just sure. think it was clear. Bahamondas. Yeah, I didn't have a hard time giving this one to uh I just don't see that Bahamondes. strong of a case for Roberts. But it was a competitive round. I can understand. I mean, you know, he's there. We're not. Yeah. Maybe there's something to it, or maybe there's something in his way that maybe prevents him from being able to see. I, I noticed, actually, uh, I forget which fight it was in, but there was one fight in particular, and this always makes me conscious of the fact that it's a different experience being cage side, which we still haven't gotten the chance to do uh, to shadow judge or anything in a real situation. Mark Smith just kept walking in front of Sal D'Amato in one of these fights. You could just see it. He was every time Sal was like had a good view of it. He's like, "Yeah, I got this." I, you know, I'm next to the post. I can finally see. And then Mark Smith just walks in front of him with his large frame, and you can't see what's going on. He's like trying to look around. It's like, oh man, I wonder if it sucks for that guy. Uh, <laughs> he got the monitor, but like either way, I mean, it's it's a very different experience than us. I wonder. Home I just wonder having if, a camera angle. I wonder if judges can be like, "Hey, down in front, let's go. <laughs> Get out of my way, Mark." Maybe Ferraro does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm probably not being nice, but I mean, he threw Adelaide Bird under the bus. He's not going to get a lot of passes in the officiating community. Uh, this guy, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I, I did see this one for Bahamond. They said I did think it was kind of clear, but yeah, I'm, I can understand why it would maybe go the other way for certain reasons, you know? Sure. I think it's the right score anyway to go for Bahamondes. That's what I would say that Bahamondes is the right score here. That's my opinion. But, right. uh, you know, I'm open to uh, an explanation as to why it wouldn't go the other way, you know? Sure. And then the last one was in our heavyweight fight, which predictably went 15 minutes instead of ending in three minutes, as I was always hoping for all <laughs> heavyweight fights that are outside of the, I mean, any heavyweight fight, it'd be great if it just ended in three minutes, but if it's, you know, the top guys, it'd be also cool if it, if it went further and often you are rewarded, but this fight ended up not being terrible. Parker Porter getting unanimous nod over Chase Sherman, 230-27s out of 29-28, round one, is the only round that was up for debate. Didn't end up mattering, but what'd you say? I thought it was a decent heavyweight round. Both guys. Yeah. Both guys. I, I would say like five, 10 minutes. It was actually a pretty solid fight. Like both guys landing the good leg kicks. Uh, Porter's landing the heavier punches. The volume edge seems to be in Sherman's favor. Not as much, not as much impact coming from his side though. He had yeah, some good I, ones. I thought so too. He had some good ones. I mean, it's a close round. And then Porter gets the ankle pick, comes right down at the half guard and he attacks Americana. This is a very low percentage sub, especially at, at this level. But you do love these uh, these attacks. Uh, Keylock Americana 
it's still an attack, and it, it forces Sherman to defend it, regardless of how low percentage is. Because if he doesn't defend it, he's gonna have a messed up shoulder. Uh, and then I, f- I will say this: I, I feel like in high level MMA, if anyone is going to hit an Americana key lock, it's gonna be heavyweights. Well, John Jones did it against Vitor. Okay, light heavyweights, fine. Okay. But big, big <laughs> the bigger gentleman is what I'm saying. It's a it's a big man move entry level kind of to jujitsu it's like one of the first subs you learn yeah so i mean it, it you're you're defending it and learning how to defend it straight from your, your get-go pretty much technique is better at the lower weights and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it kind of you know with exceptions of course john jones is, is a very good technician um but the higher up you go it, you know the skill level drops it's you know it's a lot of like getting by on power and stuff and and strength that kind of thing it just it, yeah this the is balance changes yeah it's a muscle and he finished around with some ground and pound so i i ended up on porter 10-9 me too and so did uh junior chiro Camillo and rick winter tony weeks was the out judge here no no big deal that it went the other way it, it, it didn't matter yeah although it was round one so you know <laughs> anything like that in round one you know how i feel it's kind of like sliding scale right yep. round one i mean realistically this is very important that the judges are able to zero in on it, it they don't treat it any differently i'm sure but like if it's two rounds to none in round three and it's not a 10-8, it really doesn't <laughs> matter what they say. It just doesn't. <laughs> from, a, from a utilitarian standpoint, it just doesn't matter. Mm. So I'm always uh, I'm always a little more okay, you know, kind of giving a pass to round three because I feel like it, okay. I'm sure that the top judges don't do this because they're the top judges for a reason and they truly care about this sport that doesn't pay anything. Yeah. But if they kind of said, oh, it's round three, I don't, uh, you know. Maybe a slack a little bit. I'd almost get it. I don't think they should, but I would kind of get it. Okay. But again, I don't expect that from the people at the top anyway. They work very, very hard to get everything right. Good stuff. And if they get it wrong, everyone on the internet wants to call them uh, rapists and things like that. Just, like <laughs> make up a bunch of stuff, you know, crackheads and all sorts of things. So you better not get it wrong. <laughs> Or the wrath of the internet will come for you. Internet's undefeated. Ah, uh, the internet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. I mean, yeah, you know, we had six. I think we spent a lot of time talking about six rounds that we really didn't, you know, didn't find too much disagreement with vehemently, right? But uh, we did have six finishes, largely in the beginning of the uh, of the event here when it was, you know. I always think this, like it, when you get a lot of finishes at, at these DOC cards that are kind of low level, everyone or not low level, I guess, but the ones everyone kind of, you know, sticks their nose up at like, oh, this isn't that interesting. Look at the fighters on here. Well, the reason we get all these finishes is because they're kind of lower level fighters, more or less, that are, you know, borderline regional level some of the time. Yeah, there is a it's a very bloated roster. It's a bloated so... roster at certain weight classes, especially. So when you get finishes in these fights that are kicking off the card, especially the card when it's, you know, everyone's looking at this like, well, there's not a whole lot of star power here. That's at least part of the reason why you get more finishes on the regional level than you do with the UFC, where they're able to match make a little bit better, generally speaking. Bellator should take note. No. <laughs> did you watch any Bellator the other day? I know you did. Uh, I don't think not I typically. did. I watched PFL. I don't think I watched Bellator. You did watch PFL. Okay. Yeah. Kayla Harrison? Yes. Yeah. But anyway, so we did have six finishes at this card. Three KOs. No TKOs. It was all straight KOs. And three subs. Three first-round finishes. Dan, what was your favorite of the six finishes at UFC? Uh, Kakramanov putting Trevin Jones to sleep. Yes. Capitalized late in the fight. Trevin Jones lowered his head, locked up a 10-figure guillotine. 
switch to the no arm Dars grip. I believe that's actually called the ninja choke. And uh, good night. Yeah, it was it was good night. He was out for quite a while. Herb Dean kind of left him out there a bit. I saw, um, I saw someone I, uh, someone com- I think it was on one of your posts comment that it was the Gonzaga Crocop pose. Yes, it was from a sub. Never seen that with the submission before. Yeah. Um, for me, like I'm watching this and I'm like, I think he's out, Herb. <laughs> <laughs> and and sure enough, he was. But uh, look, I'm at home. It's a hard job, and and look, if I was ever to take on a, an official job, and it wasn't just timekeeper or something, like if you told me like your job tonight is you're going to be a judge or you're going to be a referee, and it's not because of you know any sort of you know preference of of you know it's it's more about how I think I'd be able to handle it and how how uh, difficult the job is actually is more of what I'm saying. Refereeing is really really it looks really hard. Like you've got to protect these fighters. That's a lot to do. Big no offense to judges, they're deciding the winner. There's high pressure there, but whatever they write on the piece of paper isn't going to determine the health and safety of the fighter. No. So refereeing looks really, really hard to me. Having said that, me watching at home, it looked like Trevin Jones was out a bit, and he really was out. So I don't know. I, I didn't really love that. You know what? I didn't think it was. I thought he stopped it right as soon as he went limp. I thought he was like, Maybe oh, I'm I wrong. got you. I, I didn't think it was late. I didn't think it was. That's late. how it looked to me. All right. But uh, I, I would also have to watch it again. I, you know, I'm I don't want to sit here and tell Herb Dean what to because he literally tells people how to do that, <laughs> and I think that I would be a terrible referee. <laughs> but watching it live, I'm just I, I just feel bad anytime that someone's out longer than they got to be, especially you know. I'm just thinking of a t- you being in the ref. Someone grabs no. someone grabs the fence, and you're like, "Hey, don't grab the fence!" And you just uh, shut up, ref. And you're like, "Okay." <laughs> No, I'm taking point. I'm taking a point first time you grab that fence. I don't care. I'm not scared. Like, once I'm in there, I just, I would feel terrible about letting someone get hurt. Like, what if I do step in too late? You know, I'm never going to be a referee. I'm never going to try to be trained. I mean, maybe I would do it just to be, you know, just see what it was like to try and understand the other side. But I'm never going to referee an MMA out in my life it's just not gonna happen i mm. i'm not qualified for it i will say that right now but yeah i mean it just i don't know take points they know the rules they all know the rules <laughs> well, they don't know how to score the fight but they know they're not supposed to grab the fence they've been told it a billion times <laughs> and there's a meeting before every one of these fights where they tell them not to do it so if they do it they've already been told what was your favorite finish <laughs> yeah, let's go back to this. My favorite finish was uh other than Bahamondes cuz that was amazing. Like, yeah, that was anytime cool. you get a spinning wheel kick, spinning anything, it's already coming into, you know, the talk of like could this be a he- you know, knockout of the year contender? Well, I'm th- not going to pick that one. Well, I think what stands out about that one is is that he set it up with with spinning body kicks repeatedly and then the final one he, he changed yes. it to the head. So he he set it, that it up. It was it was massive. Honestly, he's yeah. a really I, I'm very interested in him as a prospect. I'm looking forward to him. Um but my favorite knockout, other than that one, uh, was Josie Ann Nunez smashing Bia, Bia Malecki, who just kind of went down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. But and, I mean, you know, she's, she, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what the height difference was, but it was a lot to a little. And it, it had at least some shades of uh, Stefan Struve against Roy Nelson when okay, Roy Nelson yeah. put him down. Yeah. Uh, although Stefan Struve never fought like a tall fighter, so he kind of faced this a lot. I, I will say this. I, Malecki, I mean, that was a great, she, she, just slammed her with a left and she just went boom. Down. She went right down. Yeah. And that was it. And she was kind of like, she very much went into like, don't hit me mode. Yeah. I mean, it, she was, uh, Nunez was slowing down. 
So I, I mean, I'm interested to see what would have happened if this one continued on because Maleki was still getting her licks in. Sure. So, but she got. But then knocked she went out. down and said, yeah. "No mas." She got. She got knocked out. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't mean to laugh that she got knocked out, but she got yeah, knocked she... out. Down she went. <laughs> Looking ahead, uh, you know that that's it for this weekend, and we're, and we don't really we're not going to get into PFL. We didn't have time to to look. Anytime we have these three events in consecutive days, like uh, there's almost zero chance we can go back on it. And there, honestly, the judging uh, at a lot of these cards really was perfectly fine. So there's not much to revisit from that standpoint. Kayla Harrison's always fun to watch at PFL. I'll say that she she is just a wrecking machine. Um, but looking ahead, no P uh, well no Bellator next week or this coming week, but we do have PFL the Friday before a, uh, a UFC card. UFC Saturday is Edson Barboza against Giga Chikadze headlining, and this is a fight that because I, I've been I've had my eye on Giga Chikadze for what basically the length of the show. He's impressed me yeah. every step of the way, and I'm very interested to see what he's going to do against the striker Vets and Barboza's level. It's his biggest test. And Easily. It's not going to be, uh, there's going to be no walk in the park for him, but I do think he takes it. You I think, think he wins. Solid decision win and just enters the jungle that is 145. So five round decision is what we're saying. He's going he's to look very impressive decision. Okay. And then. I will say the same. I don't think he's going to fit his edge to Barboza, but I do think it's going to be pretty competitive, and I do think Giga will win. Bam. On paid. On point. I'm also looking forward to uh, from this one uh, from from earlier in the card. I don't love most of the fights on this card. I'm sure they'll be perfectly fine, and there's probably some really good ones. But the one that jumped out at me is Kevin Lee against Daniel Rodriguez. Who uh, Rodriguez is another fighter who I've had my eye on uh, coming up as well the last year and a half or so. Late replacement opponent in this one. He should be interesting. I, I'd like to see what he can do with this step up against Kevin Lee. I think Rodriguez takes this one. I do too. I really do. I mean, Lee's coming off of a bad knee injury. Uh, he's coming up in weight again. I, I think probably this is still the better weight for him. One seventy over. I prefer uh, one fifty five. Yeah, I prefer him there. But his last go at one seventy didn't go so well. So, but he also it was also against RDA. So to be fair, it's a it's, this so, is a different type of fight. I think this is probably an appropriate matchup. Actually, it's weird because this is a late replacement. But I actually think this is a really well matched fight. It just kind of worked out. It. I. But I mean, Lee has been preparing for Sean Brady. Sean Brady is grappler. It's a different fight. This is a, a different fight, and I, I I think it favors Rodriguez being the last minute change. I don't know. I mean, I think Kevin if, Lee, if he can get it down, that's that's kind of where he wants it to be too. But Rodriguez just fought too, so he's in shape, ready to go. And like you mentioned, Kevin Lee's knee injury. Ring rust doesn't exist. Dominic Cruz <laughs> said so. Dominic Cruz knows everything, every single thing in the whole world. <laughs> I'm leaning Rodriguez. Especially judging. That, that's my deci- uh, Rodriguez decision. That's what what I'm going with. Ring generalship. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, Rodriguez's decision as well. Uh, PFL, like I said, is the day before. It's featherweights and light heavyweights. The headliner here is uh, 145. Brendan Lofnane against Movali Kaibulayev. Uh, the 205-pound headliner, so to speak, uh, in the top of the two uh, semifinals here, is Shoeface. Antonio Carlos Jr. against Emiliano Sordi at 205. Uh, any anything on the PFL card tickle you? Either of those well, fights interest you at all? I am very interested in, and in, I'm invested in Antonio Carlos Jr. I picked him to win this. No, I think he's going to. I think so too. The whole I tournament. I mean, he's going to win that million. Lofnane is going to be a popular pick for 145 too. Uh, I'm I, I'm going to say I'm going to say actually out of the, out of the four guys there, and we don't need to get into all of them, but yeah, I'm going to say Lofnane, and I will also say Carlos Jr. I'm going with Kaibalayev. Right on. That is my pick. Excellent uh, pick from you, R. Urban. Thank you. <laughs> 
All right, that does it for this episode of Couchside Judges. We'll be back again next Monday to break down all the weekend action. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a nice week. Enjoy the fights, and uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one.